Hey everyone, it's Valerie here. Today's guest is Valerie Saint Arnaud. You know my love for the name Valerie. Well, this guest is a friend of another Valerie I already interviewed. Mon nom c'est Valerie Butters, puis j'habite à Pemberton, Colombie. Be- <laughs> That's an awesome start. My name is Valérie Butters, and I live in Pemberton, British Columbia. Mon nom, c'est Valérie Butters, et j'habite à Pemberton, Colombie-Britannique. Valérie Butters. And she lives in Pemberton, B.C., just like the other Valérie. Valérie Saint-Arnaud is an incredible photographer and videographer. And I get lost in her photos and clips on Instagram. They make me react by catching my breath, even tearing up. She can capture that much emotion. This was originally recorded earlier this year in 2020, back during the pandemic. And we recorded it over Skype. So some of the recording is a little bit glitchy. But most of it's awesome, so enjoy the episode. Val, is that you? Hi, everyone. My name is Val Saint-Arnaud. Um, you can find me at www.callingmountains.com or on Instagram at Calling Mountains, where you can follow all of our, our adventures daily. And you have a great Instagram page. Thank you. I love it. Don't For sure. I, I totally know that world. I'm an editor, right? So Yeah, you're like, everything's about the editing in the end. Founder and owner of Calling Mountains Productions, growing up in Quebec offered a wealth of inspiration. But as she, Valerie, grew older, there was always something calling her away from the city lights. And when she arrived in Whistler, B.C. in 2013, she realized it had been the mountains all along. Valerie has her degree in communication and marketing from the University of Ottawa specializing in media studies. In 2012, she won the Ottawa International Film Festival, and that's when her passion for film really started. She is known to bring the feels right to your screen. She is passionate about her art form, but even more about her clients. You will find her capturing memories and chasing the light in and around the sea to sky corridor. The mountains called her here, and now she is returning the favor. See you in the mountains. They are calling. That's our little bio. Isn't that amazing? And the mountains, too, in Jasper. That's awesome. Yeah, so I totally know the feeling of being in the mountains and being yeah, just in that freshness, right, all the time. It's kind of another so, way of meditating, right? So I love it. It is a way of meditating. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite a bit warmer where you are today than where I am, but <laughs> how close would the mountains be from where you are? Can you see them out your window? Oh, yeah, for sure. Mount Curry is just right behind here. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So super close. 
Yeah, totally. When I would drive to work, you could see them like over the freeways and everything, Mm -hmm. the Rockies. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. So thank you for um, coming on the show. The theme of my show is Eat, Recreate. So I think you kind of definitely fill in on the create side of things. Yeah. So like I said, (laughs) we kind of came upon you through uh, Valerie Butters, another awesome Valerie that I'm tracking down in this world of common names. And it was your Instagram that just totally caught me and I needed to know more about you. I wanted to know more about your name. Do you go by Val or Valerie? I go by Val most of the time and then my family calls me Valerie, but nobody can say that here because it's so French. (laughs) It's so French. So you speak French fluently? Yeah, my first language is French. And then, yeah, I didn't know a word of English until I was about 12 or 13. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's super neat. So my maiden name is Laporte. Yeah. My grandpa. French. (laughs) Very, very French. Yeah. My grandpa on my mom's side is from Montreal. Mm -hmm. He's passed away. But yeah, so definitely have French in my family. So when you moved from the east of Canada to the west, how old were you and how did you decide to do that? Were you ever in the mountains before you moved? No. So the way that I grew up was, you know, I went to high school and I worked really, really hard to make it right after high school to go right to university. And I spent six years in university. First program was psychology and second program was marketing and communications and after all of that, I was, I was like, I was burnt out a little bit, you know, I had, I hadn't really yet. I was, you know, always in school working really, really hard. And I was like, I'm going to plan a trip and go snowboard out in the West coast, go to Alaska, mm. see how mm. it feels. So yeah, about eight years ago, I made my trip over here, um, to Pemberton with where a lot of my friends grew, um, traveled all the way here to just basically spend some time and yeah I fell in love with the mountains and I met this boy and I was kind of smitten and basically went all the way back to Quebec after two months of traveling and something was missing and I was like I need to go back and see kind of what what's out there for me and anyways it's a funny story but I am married to that boy now eight years later so that's pretty cute and great yeah and and yes I moved here and you know lived a little bit and then after four years of you know working in the tourist industry I was I felt like something was missing right I had six years in university I I knew that I had the potential to do something more with my life than just you know checking in people in hotels and I was so creative with with photography and videography it was something that I had always done I won the Ottawa International Film Festival back home about nine or ten years ago and I and I knew that I loved that that medium but I didn't think I had it in me to 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 basically build a business around it so let's just dig into this a little bit this was in 2012 the criteria for the submissions alone are like this must be live streaming no download required language English and French or French with subtitles presentation copies your typical deadlines transportation and insurance to ship materials, selection process, 
Now, if you're selected, your requirements for type of file, sound quality, bios, photos, payment for submission, remunerations, and the different jury things like short film, international, and children's, which are judged by children. Pretty cool, hey? We get into more detail about this shortly. Initially, I, 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 yeah, I started doing little videos for the company I was working for, which was a, a tourist um, company called Canadian Wilderness Adventures, and yeah, and then it just kind of blew from there. People just, just reached out, and they just wanted more and more of my videos, and then, yeah, now three years later, I've, uh, I'm doing this full time. Yeah, that's amazing. What was the video you did? Um, so it was a film festival. It was like a 72 hour film challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made it on this, basically this guy that like lives on the street and he was, he had this, like this, um, like grocery cart and he had a bunch of like painting things in there and he would just travel around and find different like artistic, um, things that could help him make art. And then you just see him like in this beautiful barn at the end and he's basically creating this masterpiece and you just kind of see him uh, again like blossom and just become this amazing artist in the end oh, but neat. would have never really kn- like know that right because you're just seeing this old shopping cart. Guy with a shopping cart and you kind of think this guy's like all grungy but really he's just you know an artist and creating something really beautiful but in the way that we filmed it was really really like really beautiful and the techniques we chose and the movie was called Encore and it was it's kind of what's really struck for me and I was like I love this I want to do more of that. So did you get to know him during the movie? Yeah well we kind of built his character right Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it wasn't a character like he wasn't actually that person it was all fiction so it was our friend's dad and he played the role so well it was awesome. Oh that's super cool yeah Uh, I mean just developing a story around something that you see right judge a book by its cover judge a story or a picture exactly yeah that's super cool what a neat way to make someone come to life and live so how so how long have you been in Pemberton now like eight years like that full yeah, so it's funny. Everybody always asks me that question. They're like, oh, you didn't go to Whistler and like party first? And I was like, yeah, no, yeah. I wanted to come to Pemberton. And a lot of my friends were already here. And yeah, I just, I've been here for, for about eight years. And I, I love the community. Like that's that's why we decided to, you know, buy our house and stay here is because we love the community feel. Oh, that's just totally awesome. That's the same thing Valerie Butter says as well. Yeah. She just... She just doesn't ever want to leave. If you haven't listened to my episode with Valerie Butters, do. She is so casual and creative. Also, she has a TV show as well now. Pemberton is located in British Columbia, approximately 160 kilometers from Vancouver, only 25 kilometers from the beautiful ski resort of Whistler. This place is for people who love winter. For the snow sports, cross-country skiing, backcountry skiing, ice fishing, snowmobiling, and more. That fresh mountain air, can't you just feel that? My favorite feeling is that. 
And she always said, too, like, there's so many um, successful business owners in Pemberton that are women. Do you feel that way as well? Absolutely. It's the amount of talent that there's that these uh, little towns have is is crazy, especially women. You know, we uh, I've been filming the Women a Whistler for about three years. I no longer do that because I was volunteering my time and I've just mm-hmm. been a little bit too busy. But yeah, it was awesome to see everybody come out and see how many people are are just you know doing such a good job in that field. It's awesome. Uh, that's just totally amazing to me. She just said there's just. 80% of the business owners there are women. Yeah. And it's they're very successful and as well. Awesome. And especially for us, like in the film industry, you won't see a lot of a film and photography a little bit more, but especially film, you won't see a lot of women basically lead in that industry. And I've been kind of like the only one come out in the Whistler industry that's not just based on you know, going out and shooting sports, I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything where it's weddings, corporate and like those, those events and everything. So seeing that support of, of all the women kind of wanting to, to support me and, and grow is, is amazing. It is amazing. I mean, you've just done such an incredible job. Um, for those of you listening, you have to visit her website because she has all of this moving video content like some of it's on edges of mountain peaks. Like some of that, do you shoot with drones or what do you use? You have all that gear. Yeah. So with drones, I've been super lucky because my partner is actually a surveyor and he's been all certified because he actually surveys the land with the drones. So it's really oh awesome my now. Gosh. He's actually moved back and he's helping me. He's part of our team and he's uh, he's our drone pilot and and flies the drone safely. So it's it's awesome to have those certificates. Because you need yeah you need so many permits and yeah. so much yeah exactly. yeah regulations around it yeah. I just want to touch on this too. The basic rules for operation of a drone when you don't have a license, which is most of us, the drone must be under 250 grams in weight. There's very specific areas that you are allowed to fly this tiny vessel. So check your local regulations. Val here is so lucky to have someone who's fully licensed to help her with her videos. As when you take the time to stop by her Instagram, you'll be amazed at what she captures. Remember, she's in the mountains. So when I was on your Instagram, I pulled some photos. So this is getting into our create visual. So one of the ones I pulled was called Yes, Please. And I don't know if you have it there, but it's the one of the cake that's sitting on an old-fashioned cake stand with candles around it. Yeah. You want to describe your photo and the feel in this moment with with us? Totally. Well, actually, that photo is is the first wedding I ever captured for photos ever. So that's pretty wow. On that, um, and it it was actually it 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 was in Pemberton. It was on Ivy Lake. Um, they had rented a little cabin up there, and you know, it, so many people get married and they, you know, they think that they need to spend over a hundred thousand dollars to to have a wonderful wedding but that's really not the case here in Pemberton you know and and all those flowers are all local flowers grown so for me that's kind of 
that's what the photo represents. I mean, that's just a little ball of local talent right there. I, I can't remember who made the cape, but I'm sure it's somebody local as well. But yeah. Oh, really? So just yeah. describe it. Describe uh, describe your setting that this cake was sitting in. Can you do that? Yeah, totally. So Ivy Lake is just on this beautiful lake overlooking Mount Curry, which you'll find in most of my photos if you go on Instagram. It's just mm -hmm. dreamy mountain that we have here. And it's just such a warm tone, right? It's it's basically I love the tone. I love the filtering that you you do. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no worries. And I always like to make my images a little bit grainy as well. That's kind of my my style but um yeah just using that warm tone and and you know it's all about light as well you you, sh you wouldn't want to shoot this midday because it would be so bright so you always want to wait until there's a little bit of that um that sun setting tone and then that gives you that warmth as well and um yeah it's just all the desserts on the table setting down and yeah it's beautiful <laughs> so beautiful yeah like you you look at this and you think it's out of an old fashioned movie where the set is kind of, you know, behind the scenes and everybody has big headdresses and everything on coming into this room. So it's yeah. a really beautiful photo. Thank you. The other one I chose was called Dance It Out. <laughs> and this is, you already know, but it looks like it's out of a movie. Mm -hmm. And the way that every single person is smiling and these two guys are dancing. Yeah. Did you, when you process your photo, my husband's actually a photographer. Oh, cool. Um, when you process your photos, do you do things like turn lights on and create different shadowing? And do you process that way? Or are you pretty natural about well, what I, you get out of your camera? I liked it to... I like to keep the photos as natural as possible, but it totally depends. Again, it depends on when the photo was taken. You know, if, if the light was just right, then there's not a lot of editing needed, right? If you're at dusk or when you just wake up, you don't need a lot of editing. But if it's midday most of the time, you know, when it's too bright, you will want to make it black and white. So a lot of the times when you'll see big people turn their photos to black and white, it's usually because the photo either is overexposed or it's because their artistic tone, right? It just depends. Did you catch that slight tip she gave us? If you shoot your image and it's blown out or too bright because of the sunny day, change it to black and white. And voila, you have a great photo. This one, I just, it was perfectly shot just the way it was, but I wanted to make it black and white because it just, it added that film look to it and it's just a memory to me that I will just hold on forever where my friend, you know, it was her bachelorette party and we were going on the island and we oh, were all wow. okay. here and it was just, yeah, we just had a great time. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Mm -hmm. What would be one tip you could give or maybe a handful of tips that you could encourage you know, everybody has their smartphones today and their mm. photography. Everyone thinks that, um, you know, they can capture something. But what would be something that you would give to be like, make sure you do this. If you don't do anything else, make sure you do this. Composition or light or... Yeah. So composition, like, what would it be? Yeah. So I, I'm like I said, like in my my description, you'll see this. 
but I, you know, it says chasing light for me. Like I said, like, I think light is such a key component to being able to take nice photos. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what, what kind of photos you're taking of, but if you're taking it at the right time and you understand that concept of light, um, I think that that's really important. And one, one way that you can check that, and we, we explain it, it's by using the palm of your hand. So if you're using the palm of your hand and you're looking at the, the, the brightness of it, if it's really dark, then that's how your photo will, will look. So if you bring it forward towards like a window and you look at your palm of your hand, then you'll see that it's nice and bright. So you usually want your subject to be able to face basically where you, where that where your palm would be, right? So oh, that's, that's definitely such a great tip. Yeah. So oh that's my like, gosh. That's what I do awesome. all the time. So let's say I'm like walking around and I've got my couple with me or you know my model with me, then I'll walk around and be able to just lift up my hand and it takes two seconds to know exactly where I want to place my my couple or my model. Chasing the light is her motto. Did you catch that other tip? Put the palm of your hand towards the light. And if it shows shadows, move until the light is brighter. Boom, you got good light on your subject. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh, that is just such a great, easy yeah. tip. You don't need a reflector or this or no. that. Really not. And I think another tip, which doesn't really, it's not really about the technique, but it's more about basically getting confidence, right? And I, I see so many people starting out and they're, they come out with their camera and they're so shy to take pictures and they, you know, they don't want to like annoy the subject or they, they, you know what I mean? Just go ahead, just get out there. Don't be shy and get creative people. Mm. You know, that's the only way you'll, you'll get out there and, and, and get good shots, right? I people know that now. I'm I'm gonna be there with my camera, whether it makes me uncomfortable or not. I I'm gonna do it. <laughs> get confidence, get creative, and gain confidence. Build that basically that relaxedness or the comfort level with because some of your photos um, they can be a bit racy too. Mm -hmm. How do you build that comfort level with your client or your friend or whoever you're kind of? Yeah, I think it's just it's just a matter of practicing, and I mm -hmm. think it totally depends as well as well like where you're situated. Like I'm 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 in Pemberton, so it's such a community base. So people have heard a little bit about me, but initially when I first started, it was just about putting myself in you know, uncomfortable situation and, and being out there. I, I also work very closely with Lillouette Nation, which is um, the First Nations here in Pemberton, and I help them create language resources. And I do a lot of photos and videos for them as well. So mm. you know, I, I definitely had to, to get over that comfort zone and be able to, um, yeah. Kind of own your, kind of own what you're there to do. Right? Exactly. And just show, show like, this For is my sure. job. I'm here to. Well, here's a little I, I like anecdote, I, I guess. But we when I first started about a few years ago, I went to this event and I was shooting some photos for for Lillette Nation. And it was, you know, a First Nations community event. And I come in and I'm a, this white blonde girl taking photos. And I had this one lady come up to me and basically yell at me and tell me that I did not belong there, that I should not be there. And, you know, she 
she used voiced her opinions absolutely and in the moment I started crying I didn't know what else to do but just to let my tears Uh, go down but then a few months later I started kind of like thinking back on the situation and you know when you work in that industry you need to have a backbone and you you need to understand that what you're doing is is in their benefit and and yeah, so I I've totally have a new perspective towards that. And I, I'm kind of owning, you know, my my place there in a sense. So, yeah. Mm, totally. I find that too, like with podcasting, you have to just kind of get in there and, you know, prep prep your, your guest. But in the end, you need to get the questions answered or the story there or yeah. you know, the direction. You have to kind of keep it flowing or we can go off absolutely easily yeah so wow that's Mm -hmm. I mean we all have to kind of take the hard the hard hits once in a while right and then you have that mark on your yeah your mark on your character and you carry it with you wow what a story you know I think this is something that we all need to hear even though we are here to do a job whether it be me podcasting or this Val and her specialty we will run into people that are critics and want to be heard in an opposing manner. Life is full of stories, and here's one that had made its mark on Val. She will always remember this woman, who in the end gave Val more strength to own her craft. Staying classy and a little bit assy. and it's uh, a black and white photo of three women just kind of hanging out together Mm -hmm. can you describe this photo for me I love this photo it's so good I just uh, this makes me feel good inside yeah well that's that's the one I I kind of touched on a little bit earlier but we were all going to my friend's um bachelorette and oh so we got so then they got mixed up okay so I we'll think talk they about did the get other one up. then oh yeah. so this is the bachelorette photo yeah the one I was oh. explaining about black and white and everything so you've got that yeah. I, I love that photo it's just such a great memory and is one of these people you no oh, okay just no. somebody, another friend or whatever yeah it's such a good photo so much emotion hey they're all just smiling and yeah, I love sharing something. I love to bring the feels, the feels to uh, to my photos and videos. That's for sure. You <laughs> definitely did that. Um, do you prefer to shoot people or animals? Because you have a combination of both on there. Definitely people. <laughs> definitely people. Yeah. And why is that? Um, well, first of all, animals are really hard to take photos of. They're not cooperative. <laughs> They're not cooperative. Um, yeah. I take photos of most of my animals because I have two huskies and I love them so much. But I just, I love people. I, I love to just capture their personalities and their emotion. And yeah, it's, I love doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can tell. the weirdest place you've ever shot a photo Mm, that's a good question let me ponder on that for a sec 
awkward or weird or maybe dangerous like some of them are on the edges of mountaintops and well actually I had a wedding up um uh on the Canadian wilderness base but we had to go up by um sleds so some oh my of gosh yes yeah, because it wasn't so that it was an awkward situation to get up there because I've been on snowmobiles plenty of time but to be able to bring all the equipment and make sure that the bride and groom stay, you know, composed while having her big dress on these snowmobiles. Um, definitely a little bit of a challenge there for sure. But I wouldn't say it was the weirdest spot. I just think it was mm. the raddest spot. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally yeah. rad. So was there just mm-hmm. snow everywhere? Like yeah. a big white dress? Oh, wow. Up that to a cabin beautiful. with a little fireplace up there. Just like a dreamy little elopement that was really cool but a lot of people didn't really consider the challenges of being able to get up there right <laughs> yeah is that um one of the pictures i captured was the dress sitting in that cabin that i sent you was it that one no that one is in um this one is in mexico oh that's in mexico yeah i have a story oh, about it's that it's so eerie it's almost <laughs> like um clairvoyant or you can almost yeah. see things in this picture do you want to describe this picture for us yeah so we so the ceremony happened in Mexico on a beautiful beach overlooking the sea and they had you know their whole reception set up and I thought of putting this dress in the middle of it hanging from the basically the rooftop um, so again a really warm a warm feel to it really early in the morning so you've got mm. that warm, warm feel and yeah you can really get all the details of the dress in there and um yeah it's just a beautiful beautiful photo and it's really funny because that day started off really beautiful and then this big storm came in later mm. in the afternoon no more there wasn't there wasn't any power in the in the whole building after and everything it was is pretty funny <laughs> but oh yeah. that may have been a, a bit of a omen or something hey coming yeah, out on exactly. the wedding day and it's funny yeah. the photos everything looks great you know just kind of how we see it on Instagram and every everything always looks great but really it wasn't wasn't the best weather at all yeah, like this photo definitely shows um, a pretty picture-perfect setup. Exactly. With those big columns, it looks like they've been eaten by termites almost yeah. on the other side of her. It's true. And then those white chandeliers in behind are such a cute mm-hmm. little topping on the, oh yeah, like a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. So do you travel with the bride and groom? Like, did you, were these friends of yours or were you hired to go to Mexico to do the shoot? Yeah, I get hired to do international weddings once in a while. I don't take on too many um, because it's a lot of work to travel with all the equipment. And um, yeah, but I'll do about one one or two a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any place amazing you've been? Um, I think this one was the best one so far I've only been doing weddings for about about three years so I'm hoping to get to go to like I would love to be able to do like a wedding in Iceland or something like that that would mm, be awesome. yeah that yeah. would be pretty amazing obviously the economy or the 
you know, our coronavirus and everything that we're all dealing with, is that affecting all your summer plans? Yeah. You have a pretty short wedding season, I would assume, yeah. right? In, in Whistler, a lot of people get married throughout the whole year, right? You've got winter weddings, then you've got, you know, those off-season elopements where, you know, couples will just basically come here, fly off on a mountain by helicopter and, you know, get married, just the two of them. But to be honest, it definitely is affecting the um, the industry, absolutely. I mean, all my weddings have been postponed to next year. So I've got about 30 that, you know, are canceled and postponed. And um, we'll see kind of what it, what's going to happen with the elopements, Gee, whether those yeah. are going to go along. But um, like I mentioned briefly, I, I am surviving just because I've got, I, I'm able to work in so many different other industries. Right, of course. Events and stuff like that. Or, um, yeah, but weddings are definitely have been affected for sure. So we'll see how everybody adapts and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems so long ago when I interviewed her, and we are still even more heavily affected by the coronavirus. Obviously, the wedding photographers will be affected. And who wanted to have a wedding with the new rules of just limited people? And what do you what do you shoot with? What's your gear that's your favorite gear? Well, I just I just got an, a whole new setup. I'm very, very excited about. Um, yeah, so we just got a Canon C200. So it's beautiful footage. Beautiful. It's so cinematic. And it's just... It just really stepped up my game. You know, before I was, when I started, I, I was using my camera gear that, you know, I, I could afford at the time. And totally, I was managing yeah. on doing great products, which you've seen on my website. Mm-hmm. But I just got this camera in about two or three months ago. And the footage is just so dreamy. So, I mean, you know, even though we're saying go on my website in the next year or so, it'll definitely get revamped and it'll look more beautiful every time. <laughs> it will, yeah. Yeah. Do you, um with your drones your drone footage do you Mm -hmm. shoot most of your videos with drones or mostly with your typical camera gear I don't shoot a lot with drones I'll only shoot with drones to like basically establish some shots or like get those photos from up above Above. okay yeah yeah Yeah, because some of them I saw were like I mean your footage is so beautiful Like you you just have an eye that is exactly what, for me, like my, definitely my taste. And it's probably because you have a great name, but (laughs) probably part of that is when I look at you and your, um, I'm not sure where you're sitting, but you have like the gorgeous bottles of wine behind you, which I'm, I was talking to to Valerie Betters about that too. And like, I miss the wine and Oliver, my favorite wine. Totally. We go into BC all the time and yeah. purchase some wine. Um, awesome. I'm so lucky that I'm close to those wineries. <laughs> if you're not a wine drinker, this won't take long. But BC is known in Canada for their amazing wines. Grapes like no other place in Canada. And their wines have a special classification with distinction, meaning 100% of the grapes come from BC which is incredible, and shows the abundance of the volume of grapes available for these sought-after wines. Do 
Do you have any other hobbies besides photography or are you just like in like Flynn? Like, um, I love being a business owner. That's for sure. I definitely mm-hmm. consider that one of my hobbies as well, but I love gardening and hiking and snowboarding and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, climbing a little bit of everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anything yeah. outdoor. Anything outdoor is pretty dynamic. Do you have a big garden? Well, we just moved into our house a few months ago, and we, we were lucky enough to find a home with a backyard, so we just built some garden boxes this year. So that's what I was just doing before this. I was gardening a little bit in the sun. But it was yeah, getting... you have a little bit of rosy shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of fun, hey? I don't have that yet, so I'm jealous. No, that's true. This pal, she has so much depth to her personality lives life to the fullest, and captures so many memories for herself and her clients. She's diverse, running her business that crossed many business types. She's smart and grounded. Yep, we could be friends. So where can people find you? What's the easiest Instagram are you most active on? Yeah, I think Instagram is definitely one of them. And then you have um, my website, like like I said, that, you know, you can message me there as well um, or by email, which is info at callingmountains.com. Info at callingmountains.com. Mm-hmm. If you could put a big picture, mm-hmm. I'll use picture as my example, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Where would you put it and what would it be of? Would it say something or would it be just an image? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. Does it have to be a photo that I took? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. She's definitely pondering this. Yes, absolutely. Because it's so hard. I can't, I don't even know if I can answer that. I don't think that there would be one. Mm. I think we live in such a fast paced world. It it goes against kind of what I know, right? Because it's about creating content that's just fluid, fluid all the time. Um, And I don't have all my photos in front of me. But yeah, anything with, with mountains or, or me working, I think would be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be thinking. I was thinking immediately that it would be mountains, just yeah. with your whole story about going to the west and being a snowboarder and wanting to, you know, mm-hmm. crunch that snow under your feet and having that. That's me too. Like I love to be in the mountains and um, just to be there, just to yeah. have it around me. One of the photos I found on your Instagram was an overhead shot of you. You had like a Mexican blanket underneath you. I think the caption's like my favorite office or something. Your dog's with you. I was just Just, looking at that. Describe where you were and your photo and were you by yourself? Like it almost looks like you can't even get off of where you are, how you have it kind of set up. Yeah, so this is my favorite spot in in Pemberton, actually. Um, It's a place where I go quite often, which not a lot of people know about, so I'm trying to keep it that way just because 
you know there's oh yeah you don't have to disclose no 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 of course but yeah no it's just it's my favorite spot it's it basically overlooks mount curry and it it i don't know when i'm there i just feel so creative um but yeah i just i i, I just feel so fortunate and grateful that 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 can be my office when i want it to be you know so mm-hmm. how do you get up there do you bike up there you can bike, you can drive. It, there's just like a, a small access to it. Not a lot of people know about. Oh, okay. And yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we'll camp up there. There's a lot of my photos that are, that we're taking up there. Every, mm-hmm. probably every five photos is with that background there. So I just posted one photo on Instagram and you see this girl with her dress flowing and you see like Mount Curry in the background. If you go on my Instagram, you'll be able to see it really clearly, but it's beautiful. It's just such a, it, it really, really describes like that, that mountain feel. So, yeah. So this, yeah. like that picture of me working on that blanket is right mm-hmm. on that rock. So, yeah. Right on that rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's just an awesome photo. Mm-hmm. This one is too, but I was like, oh. Your office is, you know, what people want in a magazine, right? So she has like, I'll just describe it for Mm -hmm. our our listeners. So she has like a striped um, magenta and blue gray Mexican blanket with tassels on each end. The picture's taken from the top down. She's wearing a hat like she is today. We're talking with video. And her dog is kind of leashed, laying on the rock beside her, right where her blanket is set up. It's just rock. And then kind of surrounding that, there's moss and some grass and different foliage. Then you can see one of her cameras is set up with a tripod. And she has her laptop going. She has some gear around her. It's just like such a great shot of somebody in bliss basically were you in bliss there Valerie yeah I'm always in bliss you are when I'm working I am pretty chilled are you pretty chilled personality or are you kind of more driven I'm very very, I'm very very driven but when I'm doing when I'm behind the camera or editing my photos or my videos I'm in Mm -hmm. bliss like there is nothing that can tip me off Oh, I'm the same. Like when I get into edit podcasting mm-hmm. and playing with sounds and backgrounds, I yeah. love it. So if you could ask me one question, what would it be? Mm-hmm. This is just kind of a fun segment I do when I come upon Valerie's to find out if we're similar or different. Yeah. Are you a spender? Or are you frugal? Mm-hmm. One sec. Um, what are you most grateful for? Probably today more my family than anything else. Like I've been homeschooling and, you know, to my voice just to be able to share a story and interact and have, you know, great conversations with people from everywhere I love that about this platform probably like you with your photography but Mm -hmm. yeah my family and my voice for sure that's great cute (laughs) well thank you yeah no worries I was happy um 
You were happy to do it while I was playing yeah. you. Other company because I have two companies. I have this one and I have another one called Bonding Beaver Media. If ever you want to follow that on Instagram as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so this one is kind of what I've been doing with First Nations. So something that's really unique about this company is that we record language because they're all they're losing their language, right? They're, oh my they're God, that's to amazing. So what we've done is we've decided to buy this van and we're converting the van into a mobile recording studio. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, (sighs) and it's specifically for First Nations and we'll be able to go to all the nations in BC and record their language from from home, right? Because these elders are 98 to, you know, 105 or like 90 to to 100 or something and they can't travel to come record their their language. So, yeah. It's wow, awesome. that's amazing. So where did you get your name from? Are you named after somebody? Oh, where did I get my name? Like Valerie? Yes. Um, so it's really funny, but my mom told me a story about when I was born, I came out of my mom kind of like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> So in French, it kind of means like the Valerie in the end, like re means yeah. laughing in English, uh, in French. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, no, it's, uh, and then, yeah, my, my middle name is Noella, which was my grandmother, my grandmother's name. Okay. Yeah. That's, so my first name I'm named after one grandma. Yeah. And then my second name I'm named after the other grandma. Oh, really? Yeah, so both. So my middle name is Jean. Okay. Valerie Jean. Yeah. That's so fun. I'm named after both my grandmas. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah, no worries. Nice seeing you. Nice meeting you. Well, to conclude, this was such a refreshing interview. She's so lively and neat to speak with. And I love a bit of her French accent. Find her show links and pictures of the images we chatted about today. Check them out. I can't wait to interview her again, saving the indigenous languages in her sporty little makeshift mobile truck. You have to see pictures of it. It's pretty cool. As always, visit my show notes for links to everything and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, wear a mask, people, and we'll talk to you soon.